Section 42 of the Journals of Robert Falcon Scott Volume 1 by Robert Falcon Scott This is a LibriVox recording. Section 42 Chapter 20 Part 1 The Last March Sunday, February the 18th Return 32 Temperature minus 5.5 degrees At Shambles Camp we gave ourselves five hours' sleep at the lower glacier depot after the horrible night, and came on at about three to-day to this camp, coming fairly easily over the divide. Here, with plenty of horse-meat, we have had a fine supper, to be followed by others such, and so continue a more plentiful era if we can keep good marches up. New life seems to come with greater food almost immediately, but I am anxious about the barrier surfaces. Monday, February the 19th, lunch temperature minus 16 degrees. It was late, past noon, before we got away today, as I gave nearly eight hours sleep, and much camp work was done shifting sledges, and fitting up new one with mast, etc., packing horse meat and personal effects. The surface was every bit as bad as I expected, the sun shining brightly on it, and its covering of soft, loose, sandy snow. We have come out about two feet on the old tracks, perhaps lucky to have a fine day for this, and our camp work. But we shall want wind or change of sliding conditions to do anything on such a surface as we have got. I fear there will not be much change for the next three or four days. Return 33. Temperature minus 17 degrees. We have struggled out 4.6 miles in a short day over a really terrible surface. It has been like pulling over desert sand, not the least glide in the world. If this goes on we shall have a bad time, but I sincerely trust it is only the result of this windless area close to the coast, and that, as we are making steadily outwards, we shall shortly escape it. It is perhaps premature to be anxious about covering distance. In all other respects things are improving. We have our sleeping-bags spread on the sledge, and they are drying. But, above all, we have our full measure of food again. Tonight we had a sort of stew-fry of pemmican and horse-flesh, and voted it the best hooch we have ever had on a sledge-journey. The absence of poor Evans is a help to the commissariat, but if he had been here in a fit state we might have got along faster. I wonder what is in store for us, with some little alarm at the lateness of the season. Monday, February the 20th, return 34, lunch temperature minus 13 degrees, supper temperature minus 15 degrees. Same terrible surface, four hours hard plodding in morning, brought us to our desolation camp, where we had the four-day blizzard. We looked for more pony meat, but found none. After lunch we took to ski with some improvement of comfort. Total mileage for day, seven. The ski track's pretty plain and easily followed this afternoon. We have left another cairn behind. Terribly slow progress, but we hope for better things as we clear the land. There is a tendency to cloud over in the south-east tonight, which may turn to our advantage. At present our sledge and ski leave deeply ploughed tracks which can be seen winding for miles behind. 
It is distressing, but as usual trials are forgotten when we camp, and good food is our lot. Pray God we get better travelling, as we are not fit as we were, and the season is advancing apace. Tuesday, February the 21st, return 35. Lunch temperature, minus 9.5 degrees. Supper temperature, minus 11 degrees. Gloomy and overcast when we started. A good deal warmer. The march almost as bad as yesterday. Heavy toiling all day. Inspiring gloomiest thoughts at times. Rays of comfort when we picked up tracks and cairns. At lunch we seemed to have missed the way, but an hour or two after we passed the last pony walls and since we have struck a tentering, ending the march actually on our old pony tracks. There is a critical spot here with a long stretch between cairns. If we can tide that over, we get on the regular cairn route, and with luck should stick to it. But everything depends on the weather. We never won a march of eight and a half miles with greater difficulty. But we can't go on like this. We are drawing away from the land, and perhaps may get better things in a day or two. I devoutly hope so. Wednesday, February the 22nd, return 36. Supper temperature minus 2 degrees. There is little doubt we are in for a rotten, critical time going home, and the lateness of the season may make it really serious. Shortly after starting today, the weather grew very fresh from the southeast with strong surface drift. We lost the faint track immediately, though covering ground fairly rapidly. Lunch came without sight of the cairn we had hoped to pass. In the afternoon, Bowers, being sure we were too far to the west, steered out. Result, we have passed another pony camp without seeing it. Looking at the map tonight, there is no doubt we are too far to the east. With clear weather, we ought to be able to correct the mistake. But will the weather get clear? It's a gloomy position, more especially as one sees the same difficulty returning even when we have corrected the error. The wind is dying down tonight, and the sky clearing in the south, which is hopeful. Meanwhile it is satisfactory to note that such untoward events fail to damp the spirit of the party. Tonight we had a pony-hooch so excellent and filling that one feels really strong and vigorous again. Thursday, February the 23rd, return 37, lunch temperature minus 9.8 degrees, supper temperature minus 12 degrees. Started in sunshine, wind almost dropped. Luckily Bowers took a round of angles, and with the help of the chart we fogged out that we must be inside rather than outside tracks. The data were so meagre that it seemed a great responsibility to march out, and we were none of us happy about it. But, just as we decided to lunch, Bowers's wonderful sharp eyes detected an old double lunch cairn. The theodolite telescope confirmed it, and our spirits rose accordingly. This afternoon we marched on and picked up another cairn, then on and camped only two and a half miles from the depot. We cannot see it, but, given fine weather, we cannot miss it. We are therefore extraordinarily relieved. Covered 8.2 miles in seven hours, showing we can do ten to twelve on this surface. Things are again looking up, as we are on the regular line of cairns with no gaps, right home, I hope. Friday, February the 24th. Lunch. Beautiful day. Too beautiful. 
An hour after starting, loose ice crystals spoiling surface. Saw depot and reached it middle forenoon. Found store in order except shortage oil. Shall have to be very saving with fuel. Otherwise have ten full days provision from tonight. And shall have less than seventy miles to go. Note from Mears, who passed through December the 15th, saying surface bad. From Atkinson, after fine marching, two and a quarter days from Pony Depot, reporting Kean better after sickness. Short note from Evans, not very cheerful, saying surface bad, temperature high. Think he must have been a little anxious. It is an immense relief to have picked up this depot, and for the time anxieties are thrust aside. There is no doubt we have been rising steadily since leaving the Shambles camp. The coastal barrier descends, except where glaciers press out. Undulation, but flattening out. Surface soft on top, curiously hard below. Great difference now between night and day temperatures. Quite warm, as I write in tent. We are on tracks with half-march cairn ahead, have covered four and a half miles. Wilson has a fearful attack, snow-blindness, consequent on yesterday's efforts. Wish we had more fuel. Night camp, return 38, temperature minus 17 degrees. A little despondent again. We had a really terrible surface this afternoon and only covered four miles. We are on the track, just beyond a lunch cairn, it really will be a bad business if we are to have this pulling all through. I don't know what to think, but the rapid closing of the season is ominous. It is great luck having the horse-meat to add to our ration. Tonight we have had a real fine hooch. It is a race between the season and hard conditions, and our fitness and good food. Saturday, February the 25th, lunch temperature minus 12 degrees. Managed just six miles this morning. Started somewhat despondent. Not relieved when pulling seemed to show no improvement. Bit by bit surface grew better. Less sustrogy, more glide. Slight following wind for a time. Then we began to travel a little faster. But the pulling is still very hard. Undulations disappearing, but inequalities remain. Twenty-six camp walls about two miles ahead. All tracks in sight. Evans's track very conspicuous. This is something in favour, but the pulling is tiring us, though we are getting into better ski-drawing again. Bowers hasn't quite the trick, and is a little hurt at my criticisms, but I never doubted his heart. Very much easier. Write diary at lunch. Excellent meal. Now one pannikin, very strong tea. Four biscuits and butter. Hope for better things this afternoon, but no improvement apparent. Oh, for a little wind! E. Evans evidently had plenty. Return 39, temperature minus 20 degrees. Better march in afternoon. Day yields 11.4 miles. First double figure of steady dragging for a long time. But it meant and will mean hard work if we can't get a wind to help us. Evans evidently had a strong wind here, southeast, I should think. The temperature goes very low at night now, when the sky's clear, as at present. As a matter of fact, this is wonderfully fair weather. The only drawback, the spoiling of the surface and absence of wind. We see all tracks very plain, 
but the pony walls have evidently been badly drifted up. Some kind people had substituted a cairn at last camp 27. The old cairns do not seem to have suffered much. Sunday, February the 26th. Lunch temperature minus 17 degrees. Sky overcast at start, but able to see tracks and cairn distinct at long distance. Did a little better, six and a half miles to date. Bowers and Wilson now in front. Find great relief pulling behind with no necessity to keep attention on track. Very cold nights now, and cold feet starting March, as day footgear doesn't dry at all. We are doing well on our food, but we ought to have yet more. I hope the next depot, now only fifty miles, will find us with enough surplus to open out. The fuel shortage still an anxiety. Return forty, temperature minus twenty-one degrees. Nine hours solid marching has given us eleven and a half miles, only forty-three miles from the next depot. Wonderfully fine weather, but cold, very cold. Nothing dries, and we get our feet cold too often. We want more food yet, and especially more fat. Fuel is woefully short. We can scarcely hope to get a better surface at this season, but I wish we could have some help from the wind. It might shake us badly if the temperature didn't rise. Monday, February the 27th. Desperately cold last night. Minus 33 degrees when we got up, with minus 37 minimum. Some suffering from cold feet, but all got good rest. We must open out on food soon. But we have done seven miles this morning and hope for some five this afternoon. Overcast sky and good surface till now, when sun shows again. It is good to be marching the cairns up, but there is still much to be anxious about. We talk of little but food, except after meals. Land disappearing in satisfactory manner. Pray God we have no further setbacks. We are naturally always discussing possibility of meeting dogs, where and when, etc. It is a critical position. We may find ourselves in safety at next depot, but there is a horrid element of doubt. Camp return 41. Temperature minus 32 degrees. Still fine clear weather, but very cold. Absolutely calm tonight. We have got off an excellent march for these days, 12.2, and are much earlier than usual in our bags. 31 miles to depot, three days fuel at a pinch, and six days food. Things begin to look a little better. We can open out a little on food from tomorrow night, I think. Very curious surface, soft recent sastrugi which sink underfoot, and between a sort of flaky crust with large crystals beneath. Tuesday, February the 28th, lunch. Thermometer went below minus 40 degrees last night. It was desperately cold for us, but we had a fair night. I decided to slightly increase food. The effect is undoubtedly good. Started marching in minus 32 degrees with a slight northwesterly breeze, blighting. Many cold feet this morning. Long time over footgear, but we are earlier. Shall camp earlier and get the chance of a good night, if not the reality. Things must be critical till we reach the depot, and the more I think of matters, the more I anticipate their remaining so after that event. 
only twenty-four and a half miles from the depot. The sun shines brightly, but there is little warmth in it. There is no doubt the middle of the barrier is a pretty awful locality. Camp 42. Splendid pony hooch sent us to bed and sleep, happily, after a horrid day. Wind continuing. Did eleven and a half miles. Temperature not quite so low, but expect we are in for a cold night. Temperature minus twenty-seven degrees. Wednesday, February the twenty-ninth. Lunch. Cold night. Minimum temperature minus thirty-seven point five degrees. Minus thirty degrees with northwest wind. Force four. When we got up. Frightfully cold starting. Luckily Bowers and Oates in their last new finesco. Keeping my old ones for present. Expected awful march, and for first hour got it. Then things improved, and we camped after five and a half hours, marching close to lunch camp, twenty-two and a half miles. Next camp is our depot, and it is exactly thirteen miles. It ought not to take more than one and a half days. We pray for another fine one. The oil will just about spin out in that event, and we arrive three days clear food in hand. The increase of ration has had an enormously beneficial effect. Mountains now looking small. Wind still very light from west. Cannot understand this wind. Thursday, March the 1st. Lunch. Very cold last night. Minimum minus 41.5 degrees. Cold start to march too, as usual now. Got away at 8 and have marched within sight of depot. Flag something under three miles away. We did eleven and a half yesterday, and marched six this morning. Heavy dragging yesterday, and very heavy this morning. Apart from sledging considerations, the weather is wonderful. Cloudless days and nights, and the wind trifling. Worst luck, the light airs come from the north, and keep us horribly cold. For this lunch hour, the exception has come. There is a bright and comparatively warm sun. All our gear is out drying. Friday, March the 2nd, lunch. Misfortunes rarely come singly. We marched to the Middle Barrier Depot fairly easily yesterday afternoon, and since that have suffered three distinct blows which have placed us in a bad position. First, we found a shortage of oil. With most rigid economy, it can scarcely carry us to the next depot on this surface, 71 miles away. Second, Titus Oates disclosed his feet, the toes showing very bad indeed, evidently bitten by the late temperatures. The third blow came in the night, when the wind, which we had hailed with some joy, brought dark, overcast weather. It fell below minus forty degrees in the night, and this morning it took one and a half hours to get our footgear on, but we got away before eight. We lost cairn and tracks together and made as steady as we could, north by west, but have seen nothing. Worse was to come. The surface is simply awful. In spite of strong wind and full sail, we have only done five and a half miles. We are in a very queer street, since there is no doubt we cannot do the extra marches, and feel the cold horribly. Saturday, March the 3rd, Lunch we picked up the track again yesterday, finding ourselves to the eastward. Did close on ten miles, and things looked a trifle better. But this morning the outlook is blacker than ever. Started well and with good breeze. For an hour made good headway, 
Then the surface grew awful beyond words. The wind drew forward. Every circumstance was against us. After four and a quarter hours, things so bad that we camped, having covered four and a half miles. Return 46. One cannot consider this a fault of our own. Certainly we were pulling hard this morning. It was more than three-part surface which held us back. The wind at strongest, powerless to move the sledge. When the light is good, it is easy to see the reason. The surface, lately a very good hard one, is coated with a fine layer of woolly crystals, formed by radiation, no doubt. These are too firmly fixed to be removed by the wind, and cause impossible friction on the runners. God help us, we can't keep up this pulling, that is certain. Amongst ourselves we are unendingly cheerful, but what each man feels in his heart I can only guess. Pulling on foot-gear in the morning is getting slower and slower, therefore every day more dangerous. Sunday, March the 4th, lunch. Things looking very black indeed. As usual, we forgot our trouble last night, got into our bags, slept splendidly on good hooch, woke and had another, and started marching. Sun shining brightly, tracks clear, but surface covered with sandy frost rime. All the morning we had to pull with all our strength, and in four and a half hours we have covered three and a half miles. Last night it was overcast and thick, surface bad, this morning sun shining and surface as bad as ever. One has little to hope for except perhaps strong dry wind, an unlikely contingency at this time of year. Under the immediate surface crystals is a hard sastrugi surface, which must have been excellent for pulling a week or two ago. We are about forty-two miles from the next depot, and have a week's food, but only about three to four days' fuel. We are economical of the latter, as one can possibly be, and we cannot afford to save food and pull as we are pulling. We are in a very tight place indeed, but none of us despondent yet, or at least we preserve every semblance of good cheer. But one's heart sinks as the sledge stops dead at some sastrugi behind which the surface sand lies thickly heaped. For the moment the temperature is on the minus twenty degrees, an improvement which makes us much more comfortable, but a colder snap is bound to come again soon. I fear that oats at least will weather such an event very poorly. Providence to our aid! We can expect little from man now, except the possibility of extra food at the next depot. It will be real bad if we get there and find the same shortage of oil. Shall we get there? Such a short distance it would have appeared to us on the summit. Don't know what I should do if Wilson and Bowers weren't so determinedly cheerful over things. Monday, March the 5th, lunch. Regret to say, going from bad to worse. We got a slant of wind yesterday afternoon and going on five hours we converted our wretched morning run of three and a half miles into something over nine. We went to bed on a cup of cocoa and pemmican solid with the chill off. Return 47. The result is telling on all, but mainly on oats, whose feet are in a wretched condition. One swelled up tremendously last night, and he is very lame this morning. We started march on tea and pemmican as last night, we pretend to prefer the pemmican this way. March for five hours this morning, over a slightly better surface, covered with high moundy sastrugi. 
Sledge capsized twice. We pulled on foot, covering about five and a half miles. We are two pony marches and four miles about from our depot. Our fuel dreadfully low, and the poor soldier nearly done. It is pathetic enough because we can do nothing for him. More hot food might do a little, but only a little, I fear. We none of us expected these terribly low temperatures, and of the rest of us Wilson is feeling the most, mainly, I fear, from his self-sacrificing devotion in doctoring Oates's feet. We cannot help each other. Each has enough to do to take care of himself. We get cold on the march when the trudging is heavy, and the wind pierces our warm garments. The others, all of them, are unendingly cheerful when in the tent. We mean to see the game through with a proper spirit. But it's tough work to be pulling harder than we ever pulled in our lives for long hours, and to feel that the progress is so slow. One can only say, God help us, and plod on our weary way, cold and very miserable, though outwardly cheerful. We talk of all sorts of subjects in the tent. Not much of food now, since we decided to take the risk of running a full ration. We simply couldn't go hungry at this time. Tuesday, March the 6th, lunch. We did a little better with help of wind yesterday afternoon, finishing nine and a half miles for the day, and twenty-seven miles from Depper. Returned forty-eight. But this morning things have been awful. It was warm in the night, and for the first time during the journey I overslept myself by more than an hour. Then we were slow with footgear, then pulling with all our might, for our lives, we could scarcely advance at rate of mile an hour. Then it grew thick, and three times we had to get out of harness to search for tracks. The result is something less than three and a half miles for the forenoon. The sun is shining now, and the wind gone. Poor Oates is unable to pull. Sits on the sledge when we are track-searching. He is wonderfully plucky, as his feet must be giving him great pain. He makes no complaint, but his spirits only come up in spurts now, and he grows more silent in the tent. We are making a spirit lamp to try and replace the primus when our oil is exhausted. It will be a very poor substitute, and we have not got much spirit. If we could have kept up our nine-mile days, we might have got within reasonable distance of the depot before running out. But nothing but a strong wind and good surface can help us now. And though we had quite a good breeze this morning, the sledge came as heavy as lead. If we were all fit, I should have hopes of getting through, but poor soldier has become a terrible hindrance, though he does his utmost, and suffers much, I fear. Wednesday, March the 7th. A little worse, I fear. One of Oates's feet. Very bad this morning. He is wonderfully brave. We still talk of what we will do together at home. We made only six and a half miles yesterday. Return 49. This morning, in four and a half hours, we did just over four miles. We are sixteen from our depot. If we only find the correct proportion of food there, and this surface continues, we may get to the next depot, Mount Hooper, seventy-two miles further, but not to one-ton camp. We hope against hope that the dogs have been to Mount Hooper. Then we might pull through. 
if there is a shortage of oil again, we can have little hope. One feels that for poor oats the crisis is near. But none of us are improving. Though we are wonderfully fit, considering the really excessive work we are doing, we are only kept going by good food. No wind this morning, till a chill northerly air came ahead. Sun bright and cairns showing up well. I should like to keep the track to the end. Thursday, March the 8th, lunch. Worse and worse in morning. Poor Oates's left foot can never last out. And time over footgear, something awful. Have to wait in night footgear for nearly an hour before I start changing, and then am generally first to be ready. Wilson's feet giving trouble now, but this mainly because he gives so much help to others. We did four and a half miles this morning, and are now eight and a half miles from the depot. A ridiculously small distance to feel in difficulties. Yet on this surface we know we cannot equal half our old marches, and that for the effort we expend nearly double the energy. The great question is, what shall we find at the depot? If the dogs have visited it, we may get along a good distance. But if there is another short allowance of fuel, God help us indeed. We are in a very bad way, I fear, in any case. Saturday, March the 10th. Things steadily downhill. It's his foot worse. He has rare pluck. and must know that he can never get through. He asked Wilson if he had a chance this morning. And, of course, Bill had to say he didn't know. In point of fact, he has none. Apart from him, if he went under now, I doubt whether we could get through. With great care, we might have a dog's chance, but no more. The weather conditions are awful, and our gear gets steadily more icy and difficult to manage. At the same time, of course, poor Titus is the greatest handicap. Keeps us waiting in the morning until we have partly lost the warming effect of our good breakfast. When the only wise policy is to be up and away at once. Again at lunch. Poor chap. It is too pathetic to watch him. One cannot but try to cheer him up. Yesterday we marched up the depot of Mount Hooper. Cold comfort. Shortage on our allowance all round. I don't know that anyone is to blame. The dogs which would have been our salvation have evidently failed. Nears had a bad trip home, I suppose. This morning it was calm when we breakfasted, but the wind came from west-north-west. As we broke camp it rapidly grew in strength. After travelling for half an hour, I saw that none of us could go on facing such conditions. We were forced to camp, and are spending the rest of the day in a comfortless blizzard camp. Wind quite foul. Return, 52. Sunday, March the 11th. Titus Oates is very near the end, one feels. What we or he will do, God only knows. We discussed the matter after breakfast. He is a brave, fine fellow, and understands the situation. But he practically asked for advice. Nothing could be said but to urge him to march as long as he could. One satisfactory result to the discussion, I practically ordered Wilson to hand over the means of ending our troubles to us, so that any one of us may know how to do so. Wilson had no choice between doing so and our ransacking the medicine case. We have thirty opium tabloids apiece, and he is left with a tube of morphine. 
So far the tragical side of our story. Return 53. The sky completely overcast when we started this morning. We could see nothing, lost the tracks, and doubtless have been swaying a good deal since. 3.1 miles for the forenoon. Terribly heavy dragging. Expected it. Know that six miles is about the limit of our endurance now, if we get no help from wind or surfaces. We have seven days' food, and should be about fifty-five miles from one-ton camp tonight. Six times seven equals forty-two, leaving us thirteen miles short of our distance, even if things get no worse. Meanwhile, the season rapidly advances. Monday, March the 12th. We did 6.9 miles yesterday, under our necessary average. Things are left much the same. Oats not pulling much, and now with hands as well as feet pretty well useless. We did four miles this morning in four hours, twenty minutes. We may hope for three this afternoon. Seven times six equals forty-two. We should be forty-seven miles from the depot. I doubt if we can possibly do it. The surface remains awful, the cold intense, and our physical condition running down. God help us. Not a breath of favourable wind for more than a week, and apparently liable to headwinds at any moment. Wednesday, March the 14th. No doubt about the going downhill, but everything going wrong for us. Yesterday we woke to a strong northerly wind with temperature minus 37 degrees. Couldn't face it. So remained in camp, returned 54 till 2, then did five and a quarter miles. Wanted to march later, but party feeling the cold badly, as the breeze, north, never took off entirely, and as the sun sank the temperature fell. Long time getting supper in dark, returned 55. This morning started with southerly breeze, set sail, and passed another cairn at good speed. Halfway, however, the wind shifted to west by south, or west-south-west, blew through our wind clothes and into our mitts. Poor Wilson, horribly cold, could not get off ski for some time. Bowers and I practically made camp, and when we got into the tent at last we were all deadly cold. Then temperature, now midday down, minus forty-three degrees, and the wind strong. We must go on, but now the making of every camp must be more difficult and dangerous. It must be near the end, but a pretty merciful end. Poor Oates got it again in the foot. I shudder to think what it will be like tomorrow. It is only with greatest of pains rest of us keep off frostbites. No idea there could be temperatures like this at this time of year with such winds. Truly awful outside the tent. Must fight it out to the last biscuit, but can't reduce rations. Friday, March the 16th, or Saturday the 17th. Lost track of dates, but think the last correct. Tragedy all along the line. At lunch, the day before yesterday, Poor Titus Oates said he couldn't go on. He proposed we should leave him in his sleeping-bag. That we could not do, and induced him to come on, on the afternoon march. In spite of its awful nature, he struggled on, and we made a few miles. That night he was worse, and we knew the end had come. Should this be found, 
I want these facts recorded. Oates's last thoughts were of his mother, but immediately before he took pride in thinking that his regiment would be pleased with the bold way in which he met his death. We can testify to his bravery. He has borne intense suffering for weeks without complaint, and to the very last was able and willing to discuss outside subjects. He did not, would not, give up hope to the very end. He was a brave soul. This was the end. He slept through the night before last, hoping not to wake. But he woke in the morning, yesterday. It was blowing a blizzard. He said, I am just going outside, and maybe some time. He went out into the blizzard, and we have not seen him since. I take this opportunity of saying that we have stuck to our sick companions to the last. In the case of Edgar Evans, when absolutely out of food and he lay insensible, the safety of the remainder seemed to demand his abandonment. But Providence mercifully removed him at this critical moment. He died a natural death, and we did not leave him till two hours after his death. We knew poor Oates was walking to his death, but though we tried to dissuade him, we knew it was the act of a brave man and an English gentleman. We all hope to meet the end with a similar spirit, and assuredly the end is not far. I can only write at lunch, and then only occasionally. The cold is intense, minus forty degrees at midday. My companions are unendingly cheerful, but we are all on the verge of serious frostbites. And though we constantly talk of fetching through, I don't think any one of us believes it in his heart. We are cold on the march now, and at all times except meals. Yesterday we had to lay up for a blizzard, and today we move dreadfully slowly. We are at number 14 Pony Camp, only two pony marches from one ton depot. We leave here our theodolite, a camera, and Oates's sleeping bags. Diaries, etc., and geological specimens carried at Wilson's special request will be found with us or on our sledge. Sunday, March the 18th. Today, lunch, we are 21 miles from the depot. Ill fortune presses, but better may come. We have had more wind and drift from ahead yesterday. Had to stop marching. Wind northwest, force four. Temperature minus 35 degrees. No human being could face it, and we are worn out, nearly. My right foot has gone, nearly all the toes. Two days ago I was proud possessor of best feet. These are the steps of my downfall. Like an ass, I mixed a small spoonful of curry powder with my melted pemmican. It gave me a violent indigestion. I lay awake and in pain all night. Woke and felt done on the march. Foot went, and I didn't know it. A very small measure of neglect, and have a foot which is not pleasant to contemplate. Bowers takes first place in condition, but there is not much to choose, after all. The others are still confident of getting through, or pretend to be. I don't know. We have the last half-fill of oil in our primus, and a very small quantity of spirit. This alone between us and thirst. The wind is fair for the moment, and that is perhaps a fact to help. The mileage would have seemed ridiculously small on our outward journey. 
Monday, March the 19th, lunch. We camped with difficulty last night, and were dreadfully cold, till after our supper of cold pemmican and biscuit, and a half a pannikin of cocoa cooked over the spirit. Then, contrary to expectation, we got warm, and all slept well. Today we started in the usual dragging manner, sledge dreadfully heavy. We are fifteen and a half miles from the depot, and ought to get there in three days. What progress! We have two days' food, but barely a day's fuel. All our feet are getting bad. Wilson's best, my right foot worst. Left, all right. There is no chance to nurse one's feet till we can get hot food into us. Amputation is the least I can hope for now. But will the trouble spread? That is the serious question. The weather doesn't give us a chance. The wind from north to northwest and minus forty degrees temperature today. Wednesday, March the 11th. Got within eleven miles of depot Monday night. Had to lay up all yesterday in severe blizzard. Today, forlorn hope. Wilson and Bowers going to depot for fuel. Thursday, March the 22nd and 23rd. Blizzard bad as ever. Wilson and Bowers unable to start. Tomorrow, last chance. No fuel and only one or two of food left. Must be near the end. Have decided it shall be natural. We shall march for the depot with or without our effects and die in our tracks. Thursday, March the 29th. Since the 21st we have had a continuous gale from west-south-west and south-west. We had fuel to make two cups of tea apiece and bear food for two days on the 20th. Every day we have been ready to start for our depot, eleven miles away, but outside the door of the tent it remains a scene of whirling drift. I do not think we can hope for any better things now. We shall stick it out to the end, but we are getting weaker, of course and the end cannot be far. It seems a pity, but I do not think I can write more. R. Scott For God's sake, look after our people. End of chapter 20, part 1